When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, a couple other tidbits. Craig yesterday on Spits and Suds just adamantly, they're beating Nashville tonight. And I was like, wow. And I admittedly have said that Nashville has been a tough matchup. And if you look, you know, the season series ended up 2-2. Interesting that Nashville won two games here in Dallas. Dallas won two games in Nashville, one of which scoring those two goals late in the game. Otherwise, they would have lost to Nashville. And just watching the flow of the first three games, I was like, wow, Nashville plays them well. So, you know, I was kind of like hesitant about last night. And it was interesting to hear Matt Duchesne after the first period um, talking in between periods with ESPN+. And he mentioned, we figured something out. They were throwing some stuff that was kind of tough for us over the first few games, and we finally figured it out. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a defensive scheme. Maybe it was a neutral zone situation where they couldn't get the flow going. But I did find that interesting that he would bring that up, that admittedly Nashville was giving them issues. I actually have some insight on this. Oh, great. Um, so, great. Um, so one of the things and I've written – you go back and I'll go through when we tweet this episode out, I'll make sure I'll go pull out this story. Um, one of the things that the predators have changed quite a bit this season under brunette has been how they attack the, the four check. They're a very aggressive for checking team They're um, It's very similar to um, Andrew Burnett takes a lot of his, teachings from hockey, but also from other sports as well. And he looks at how a lot of, uh, for example, two of his biggest coaching influences are Pep Guardiola with Manchester City and Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool. And with the concept of hyper-pressing, and um, in Liverpool they call it the Gangen Press, the Gangen Pressing, Gangen Pressing, sorry, um, for Klopp's in Germany. And one of the things that Nashville does is how they cut the ice on their routes. They cut their, their four check routes are very different than most teams. Instead of, um, instead of it being a very traditional, I'm going to use some random hockey terms here, people, and I'm going to do my best to explain it. So Gavin, stop me if I need to correct anyone. But a typical NHL team is going to be kind of going in with a a one two two or a two one two four check. Okay? Pretty straight lines, and, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty straight line. You got forwards become F F one. If you ever hear a coach, quick side note, if you ever hear a coach talk about F one, F two, F three, that simply means their arrival into the zone. The first guy in on the four check is F one. The second guy in is F two. The third guy in is F three. So 
a lot of NHL teams on their forecheck are very straight line, straightforward. F1, F the puck. F2 is F2 is either hard on the puck or taking space, depending on that coach's system. And then F3 is always typically kind of the clean up the mess type of guy right there. Nashville takes their routes are are not as much straight line. Their routes are more about taking away future space. Nashville does a very good job with their route. Instead of going to the puck carrier, they the F1 often takes space first and doesn't go to the puck carrier. So the puck carrier looks like they have more time, but their passing routes are taken away. And so for a team that when you don't play Nashville often, um, and this is why the Predators are a fascinating team for me to watch. If you don't play Nashville often or you don't see or you only see them every once in a while, their system's gonna catch you off guard because they're different. Now, if you play a team like that in the playoff series, or if you're Dallas, where now you played them your fourth time, and all of a sudden now they have to adjust. Like you saw Dallas's breakouts last night, they were great. That's something that didn't happen in the past couple of games. It's because past couple of times Dallas has played Nashville. It's because the stars adjusted to okay. And I'm assuming I'm assuming there was a pretty good pre-scout meeting about this for Pete DeBoer and his with his defense about okay. They're going to take your space. They're not going to come at you as aggressively. They're not a Carolina Hurricanes. So take what's given to you. Force them to make a decision. And that's what the Stars did last night. The Stars forced in the 200 feet away from the Nashville net, they forced the Predators, four checkers, to make decisions and adjust. And it and they weren't able to run their system as effectively. Um, it's I, I'll make sure to link to the story and stuff that I've done on Brunette because it's better if I have a pen and paper and 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 writing. But it is. It I, I hope that makes sense. And Gavin, if you want to tell no, me, it does. anything that yeah, if you want to want me to clarify, then please let me know because it's something where it is this Nashville team is fascinating to me actually in general. So. No, absolutely. Now F one, F two, F three. You're meaning forward one, forward two, forward three. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Correct. So that's yes. a good that's a good learning yeah. moment, um, you know, for us. Yesterday, Sean, it was really cool that, you know, and that's why I love you explaining Nashville's system because Craig yesterday explained the Stars' defensive system as far as man on man as compared to zone and the pros and the cons of each. So you know, I mean, there are Spits and Suds listeners that are learning, and uh, I love when our experts come on like you and you know Luds and explain it so that when they watch the game you know, they can be more experts. So that's that's yeah. rather than just talk about it. So I, I, I think that's really cool. So I was super excited. I mean, granted, it was a blowout, but that third period comes and something I've been chirping about all season, Sean, Jake Ottinger pulled Scott Wedgwood in because it gives Ottinger a nice period of rest, gives Wedgwood some reps because you're going to need him because you have a back-to-back coming up. And, you know, he kept a clean sheet in that one period, but – I thought it was a great move by Pete DeBoer. Won't be talked about a lot, but it's something that I've talked about as far as in a blowout situation. I think that's where you can also do your load management. I agree 100%. And this is one of those funny, weird situations where Pete DeBoer's life was made so much easier when Cole Smith scored in the second period. Yes. Because it is like... It is going to be very hard. Like if it's seven nothing, going into the third, it's going to be very hard for Pete to go to Jake Ottinger and be, "Hey, I'm pulling you," when he's in the middle of posting the shutout. 
from it's it's one of those where you like as a coach i'm sure so like when the goal happens for smith and and, and novak score to make it six two or whatever like i'm sure it's one of those where on their way back to the locker room pete DeBoer and goalie coach jeffries are like you know what it's actually really good we at least set up a goal there because now we don't have to think about trying to ask jake to come out of a game where he's posting a shutout yep. um i think that's a really important thing um i i also like from a goaltending perspective like this is the type of thing where this game was was perfect for how you need things for Ottinger to go first first period only faced one shot he still got obviously got a pretty good amount of work in the second period with the 21 shots or whatever it was and you keep him fresh you don't put him in a spot to risk injury and you keep your backup involved like i thought this was really well well played long-term management the other thing that like the other thing that like just frankly that this team did last night and this is another thing that's going to get lost in kind of translation and and not brought up enough but if you go look at the time on ice gavin now part of this obviously um is slightly altered because Nils Lundqvist got hurt and only played two shifts. Yep. But excellent. Like you're playing, you're winning a game eight two nine two. Miro Heiskanen had the least time of ice on any of the defensemen who were healthy last night. Like not counting Nils Lundqvist who only played one thirty four. Essel Lindell played twenty five minutes. Yanni Hockenplug played twenty three minutes. Ryan Thomas Harley played twenty three minutes. Ryan Suter played twenty two minutes. Every single defenseman who was healthy played more than Miro Heishkinen. And I think that's brilliant because Miro Heishkinen is this weekend when you have the back-to-back is going to be back up right at the top. Yeah. Rest your guys, get the in-game management done. Like it is to me, that is a, like, let's see, I can literally pull it right now while we, um, while we're talking here, like for Miro Heishkinen had, Seven like Miro Heiskanen had seven twenty-two in the first. Or sorry, seven twenty-two time on ice in the first period, nine oh one in the second period, and then you dial them back to four fifty-seven in the in the third period. In the third period, you had um, Lindell plays seven forty-two in that period. Um, Yanni Hakimpa plays eight twenty-three. Doing things like that, taking minutes away that would normally go to Miro. And giving them to those other guys, A, it gets those guys better involved. They feel kind of rewarded. And at the same time, in the long term, long term, it allows you to have a better, fresher Miro Heiskanen on Saturday and Sunday. So Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, That's like a it's night well off for Heiskanen, yeah. getting that kind of minutes yeah. in the third yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, up eight to two. And I bring this up because I brought it up in the post game, And I'm not trying to throw negatives. In first place, a little bit of space now after Colorado lost to Tampa. Tampa playing really well right now. Um, And Jamie Benn uh, takes a boarding penalty behind the play, had nothing to do with the play, and it was a tough boarding. And goes in the penalty box, and Nashville's obviously upset by that because it was behind the play, and clearly there was two to three seconds, in my opinion. Um, it just it just wasn't a good look, in my opinion. He comes out of the box. Nashville wants to drop the mitts. 
Uh, Jamie Benn does not want to do that, and Nashville gets four minutes of penalties. But the rest of the game, and the announcers pointed it out, it was chippy. And I want Jamie Benn to be physical. I want the Stars to be physical. I just think you have to be smart about it. Probably not the best penalty. I mean, it didn't matter if Nashville went on the power play, but you don't want Nashville taking it out on other players other than Jamie Benn. So, um, you know, I just didn't like it because, you know, on Twitter today, too, I'll just say this. People were saying, don't poke the bear. Don't poke Jamie Benn. And I just said, no, it was actually the opposite because think about it this way. The Stars are losing 8-2. to two. And let's say it's against Edmonton on Saturday, and one of the Edmonton players makes a run at, let's say, Wyatt Johnston or Miro or Thomas Harley or just name the player. Are Stars fans up in arms if that guy doesn't want to go? Or, you know, in the penalty box, of course you want one of the Stars dropping the mitts as soon as that Edmonton player gets out of the box. So, I mean, we have to look at it from a fresh perspective. What if it was us that got boarded? So, you know, I just didn't like that from the captain, and I hate to throw any kind of shade on a 9-2 victory, Sean, but I think it's important at Spits and Suds that we point some of these things out. Well, it's also the other important conversation about Jamie Ben, and it's something that, like, it's, I, I, I don't like, it's, it's just true, and this is something where Jamie Ben's a dirty player. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, like, it's not, like, it's, it's something where for years, like, it's easy for me if you put yourself in your if you even if you put on your 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 victory green pajamas and everything like that and and, and sure you're your most like there's too much evidence now that's like jamie ben is a dirty player jamie has always been has always towed lines and everything like that but he's gotten worse at towing the line um some somehow he's gotten worse at towing the line i don't know if he's gotten worse at it or refs are just picking up on him more but i mean this is a guy who you're up eight two and you throw a bad boarding hit. Those are really bad. You this is a guy who in the biggest home game in franchise history since our friend since our pal Ludz played for this team, yep. he dooms his team with a dirty cross check to the captain of Vegas in front of the world to see and shows no remorse for it afterwards. This is a guy who, on a similar cross check, two prior, two seasons prior, broke broke a bone in Dylan Larkin's neck on a similar play. Like Jamie Ben is a dirty player, and that is something that, um, is just the reality. And I think if 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 you were to objectively look at the stars and their fan base from sorry from any other fan base, it'd be easy to say that like. How easy is it for a Stars fan to say, oh, Corey, and I'm not even talking about all the the junk that happened this year with Chicago with Corey Perry, but like, how easy is it to talk about, oh, Corey Perry's a dirty player. Tom Wilson's a dirty player. Like, it's easy as Stars fans to say that, but then all of a sudden you talk about your own guy and people get up a bit bit up in arms of like, no, he's not, he's not, he's not. Like, if Jamie Benn did that, if Jamie Benn was wearing a Predators jersey, we'd be talking about how he's one of the dirtiest players in the league. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's that's the reality of it. And, and I wonder if it was frustration based on him not getting a point. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's the thing where it's, the thing about, about Jamie and, and there's just, there's just seems to be sometimes a lack of, just a lack of situational awareness um, 
when he's coasting. I'll use that term, right? Like we've talked about, like there are, when Jamie Ben is dialed in, he can and ha- not anymore, but when Jamie Ben was dialed in, there was a time he could die, he could be dialed in and he'd be a top five player on the planet. It's been a long time since that, but there were still places where he would get dialed in. You'd be like, oh man, that's old Ben. We got to watch out. But throughout his career, when whether it's the start of slow starts in first periods or games like this that are a bit lopsided where he's just kind of going through the motions, he kind of just makes foolish decisions sometimes. Yeah. And it's one of those where we know how much he means to this franchise and we know how much this team will follow him anywhere. And so it's kind of one of those things where like even saying this right now, I'm breaking some kind of code because I know stars players will be, would be stars players would be pissed for me to even mention this, but it's true. And this is not me saying Jamie Ben's a bad captain. I want to be clear on that. This is not me saying that. This is not me saying anything like where, oh, you should do this or make changes to that. This is not me saying any of that. It's just, this is a player who part, part of its playing style, part of its mentality has lived on the edge of things. And sometimes he goes too far. And because of that, he has somehow avoided he somehow avoided the the wider dirty player label than some other guys have gotten. Um, and I think part of it is just because at one point he led the league in scoring and, and there's been other guys on his team who are a little bit less likable, right? Like, and what I mean by less likable, I mean, as in the, like, Oh, like, like Mason Marchment's a dirty player, right? We know, we know that yes. Mason Marchment was fine for a bad check the other day. Mason Marchment is on the league diver list. Mason Marchment is, if you're looking at, like, if you were to list players who don't live by the quote-unquote code, as terrible as it sounds, like, Mason Marchment doesn't live by the, that code or whatever, right? That And Corey Perry before him was here. So Jamie's always kind of had someone else who was slightly worse on that scale. But when you're the captain of the team, your team's up 8-2, like... Right. And, and, and now like, some people on yeah. Twitter, Sean, are saying that it was because of Lazan's hit on Lundquist that took him out. But, I mean, okay, I think there's fight, a then, difference. Then, 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 then fight him. Fight him, exactly. Then fight. Then, okay, then then fight him. If, if, it, if it's because of Lazan's hit on Lundquist, then fight him. I mean, we talked about this earlier this year when, um, oh, why am I drawing a complete blank on who fought Jamie from Vegas? Um, uh, uh, who, yeah. The it, defenseman. That I, I literally, I, why am I drawing a blank? No. No, 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 no. On Vegas. Was Vegas. it? No, yeah, McNabb. It was McNabb. It was McNabb, right? It was McNabb, right? I think. No, uh, I'll pull it up when you. When yeah. You give I, I, either way. Either way. But Vegas felt Vegas had the, there was the, their captain was assaulted in a playoff game by Jamie with a cross check to the neck, a guy who has had neck surgery. And so the next chance Vegas had in a regular season game, this player who you'll look it up for me, I can't remember who, Said okay, Nicholas Haig. It was Haig. Haig, okay. Ben has to stand up for, has to answer for that. So I'm going to fight him. So he fought him. Okay. So if you're, if, if Jamie Ben, if, if the stars feel like Lazan's hit was so bad on Nils Lundquist, then fight, then fight Lazan. Yeah. Like, then go fight him. Like, don't, don't go in, like, like, I mean, it's. No, I agree the, with you. It was, I hated the hit, the, but it was a clean hit. Yeah, and it's it's the chippy little shit 
behind the like and you know what you could also not even board the guy like if like here like if you wanted to you could you don't need to board the dude at any point during that game like let's see like Lazan played 17 minutes that night you could have yeah. fought him at any time right and it's and you know what i i give i give michael i give michael mccarron credit for like it's it's a weird thing right like because it's a nine two game so you're not really sure exactly what's right and what's wrong at that point but like i at least give michael mccarron credit for being like okay let's let's settle this this way like i'm not going to because michael per- michael mccarron tried to fight jamie Beth. yes and and ben basically dummied him into a penalty you know all that stuff or whatever he tried to fight him you know what he didn't do he didn't go and slew foot Jason Robertson behind right. the play. He didn't go and he didn't go and run Scott Wedgwood or something like that. Like that's it. There's all of this stuff with hockey and, and we're kind of, it's, it's a weird time to just look all this going on right now, because obviously Morgan Riley is having a hearing appeal today. Talked about NHL, it with Ludge right? yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's got his appeal right now where, um, where he goes and Morgan Riley cross checks Ridley Gregg and I, and there are spaces where, and I'm, I'm not a huge, like you must fight type dude. I'm not a, I, I, I honestly, I, I love the sport. If I don't ever see another hockey fight, I'm fine. But I do think from a spot in the game, when it comes to when you have a sport where the you need a quote-unquote response in this or whatever i think there's something about the the glove the face wash the glove to the face the little shove the fight all that stuff there it sends a message you're not going to get pushed around without actually doing long-term physical harm that you're going to yeah like like ruins ruin someone's life for i mean it's i i just like this is with Ben that like Ben has lost the benefit of the doubt. Like we're talking about a guy who has broken it's, it's two captains. Actually, he has broken the bone and ended the season of a captain to the Detroit Red Wings with a cross check to the neck. He cross checked another NHL captain to the neck, a guy who had had neck surgery in front of the whole world to see. This is not a guy who we're just going to be like, well, he he lost it for that moment. No, he's he's done this over and over again. Yeah. So, and it's if you don't want to fight, you don't want to fight. But like, fight, challenge the on to a fight, do that. Yeah, don't hit deliver him from a, behind. Like, behind like the deliver d- d- deliver a clean hit, like something like that. Yeah. Like this is so it's. No, I, I agree, and that's what I love about this podcast is we're going to talk about these things, and if someone wants to retort and come at us, I'm totally fine with it because, yeah, you're right. The The evidence is there, and, you know, we want Jamie Benn to play physical, but play physical in front of the play. Even if he boarded somebody in front of the play, I think that would have been more acceptable. But clearly the player was in a vulnerable position, and that's what I hate, and I don't yeah. want – um, the team that I want, obviously, to go far to do those kinds of things. And if if so, and you admit that, you know, it was a bad hit, then you should drop the gloves coming out of the box. 